0: Everyone and welcome to the Tightwad Tech episode 126. I'm from the Moon Vulcan, <laughs> recorded February 25th, 2013, and brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopi.com. Sean, what the heck is that about?
1: I was guessing that must be the first time you
0: looked at that. <laughs> no, not the first time. I just that's the way I decided to read it. Yeah, that was that was very good, very good. You caught
1: me off guard then. <laughs> well, we'll find out all about the moon Vulcan uh here later in the show. So Oh, is
0: that the Shatner thing?
1: Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it took me a minute to put two and two together and get seven, <laughs> like the old forty point Intel processors used to do. <laughs> now
1: how you doing john i am doing very well very well mark thank you very much how about yourself
0: well i'm i had a i had a a defeat tonight oh my, no my uh my wife made an awesome amazing chicken pot pie homemade chicken pot pie oh nice it's, it's hard to go wrong with a homemade chicken pot pie mm-hmm and I'm ashamed to say, there are leftovers. I couldn't eat it all. I tried. Oh wow, I tried, but I just couldn't. Couldn't. So eat that all. was like a actual pie-sized chicken <laughs> pot pie. I, is that right? It was a yeah. It was a big casserole dish. I'm just. I'm a shadow of my former self. I. I. You know. It's. It's embarrassing. Really.
1: Well, well, that's that's not such a bad change,
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> I've noticed that too. As I'm getting older, I'm actually eating less, which I'm kind of okay with. Really.
0: Yeah, that's why you see I, the old folks. You know that they eat at four o'clock in the afternoon, and it's like you know I eat half a grape. I'm stuffed. You know right. it, it must be an aging thing.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad I have it because uh, if I ate like I did in my 20s, I'd uh, I'd be huge right now. So I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I, I weighed 500 pounds at my heaviest, and Sean could eat more than me any day of the week.
1: Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, right. I think we we may have even said this on the show a long way back, but yeah, we'd go to lunch together and, you know, I'd order the mega behemoth plate and Mark would just get something reasonable. And inevitably the waiter or waitress would come back out to deliver it to the table and Try to put the big plate yeah. in front of Mark.
0: <laughs> Here's the one pound chili cheeseburger with a triple order of fries. That must go to the fat guy. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Actually, that's that's mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta love it. And the kids' meal. Whose is that? That that's me.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm trending down. I'm down to like the three quarter pound. Uh, you know, quadruple bacon burger.
0: Okay, good. That's that- <laughs> I thought, you know, if you ever wanted to have a career in television, you could pick up where Adam, Adam Richmond left off for the, the man versus food show because oh, yeah. you could eat anything.
1: Yeah, I would, I would love that. I, I don't know though. You know, that's like, I can do that from time to time, you know, um, I, I just get in the mood and yeah, you know, I can eat like a horse, but, uh, you know, he has to do it. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering like, you know, just like anything else, once you have to do it, like the fun kind of wears off. So.
0: The, the great thing about Sean, though, is he's not bothered by you know, such nuances as does it taste good. He, he, does, <laughs> he doesn't really care. I, as long as it's got salt on it, he's happy.
1: Hey, in the Marine Corps, we ate dirt, and we liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> so you yeah. said uh, last week or maybe the week before, I, I, it all runs together, that you were going to experiment with uh, VMware's latest offering, vSphere. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I don't have a whole lot to report. Um, You know, as my life goes or my work life goes, uh, you kind of get led around by the nose a little bit. I'm sure those of you listening out there uh, can probably identify with that. But uh, I did uh, go ahead and start and uh, uh, downloaded the install package for uh, vSphere 5, maybe it's 5.5, whatever the latest version is. Uh, This is the free version. So certainly Tightwad approved. Um, And uh, I did manage to at least get that installed on a server. Um, The rest of last week kind of ran away from me. And I I mean, literally by saying installed, I did it over the course of like two days. But that was not because this thing is difficult to install. As a matter of fact, it's a piece of cake. I mean, I don't know. It might have taken me five or ten minutes to do. Uh, It was just the time, you know, it was constantly like, okay, Click OK. And then, you know, I was off to something else right. and then come back and click the next OK. I mean, you know, it it really was a piece of cake to install. So uh, I'm loving that so far. You know, installing and configuring it was was dead simple. Um, so this week, uh, hopefully I'll have uh, by the end of this week a couple of VMs up and running and, uh, you know, we'll see how it does um so but i wanted to at least throw that in there
0: yeah so you're running it in parallel with your existing vm server just gonna offload one or two things on it at a time or spinning up new servers or what's your plan there
1: right i'm gonna i'm gonna well i'm gonna kind of do both i think i'm gonna set up um you know maybe one or two servers uh fresh and then i'm going to also experiment with moving existing servers over. Uh, VMware actually has a kind of enterprise tool that is supposed to make that easier, um, but that's something I believe you have to pay for. Uh, But, you know, you can still do it the old way. Um, The the, the enterprise paid-for tool, you can do it live.
0: Right. Yeah, Uh, that's the vMotion tool.
1: Right, right. There you go, vMotion.
0: But they do Uh, have a VMware... They have a migration. Uh, yeah, I forget what they call it. It's basically, it's an imager is what it is. Right. Uh, you could probably do it with fog, you know, zip up an image and unzip it on the other machine.
1: Right, right. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's something, you know, I'm going to play around with, with both just, you know, really to more familiarize myself with the overall product than anything. But um, if everything else is as simple as the setup was, I mean, the setup was a piece of cake. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised there.
0: Just a quick bit of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, listener response. I've had, a, a, a few people over, you know, several months, uh, respond, uh, or ask questions or say something like, you know, how come we don't ever hear anything about Mark's new career in education or in, in technology, uh, in healthcare. I'm, I'm sure there's some interesting education, some processes there that, that would be interesting. Some things to talk about, um, and I haven't said this before, but the the reason I don't talk about where I work is that we have an HR department, <laughs> and when when you when HR hires a new person, they do a little research on them, and and when they found out about my podcasting activities, I was um, shall we say strongly encouraged to uh, keep them out of anything I do and anything I say, so. Um, I don't even mention the name of the company, you know, every now and then I will mention work, but that's about it. Uh, because, you know, it's when you work for a multimillion dollar organization, uh, who has a vested interest in protecting their, their image and their, uh, their outward facing, um, Fa- uh, facade for lack of a better word um you know people people make things known pretty quickly what you can and can't do so if you're waiting for me to to uh uh tell you all the cool stuff I'm doing uh with doctors uh and hospitals and things like that it's it's not going to happen <laughs> so just thought I'd mention that cuz I've gotten you know a few things here and there and and one just recently that that prompted me to to uh, to mention that
1: yeah yeah Yeah, welcome to the corporate world, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Mark. I have to ask you this. I actually had this question posed to me, and then I I realized that I I really didn't know the difference, and this is because I don't do these things. So Uh, uh, we're talking about unlocking versus jailbreaking. And I had uh, my assistant, the guy who works for me, he came in and said something about... uh, unlocking phones, uh, is legal. And I said, well, I, I'm pretty sure you're wrong on that because I just did a show a few weeks ago that, that there's a new law in place, uh, that specifically says it's not legal. So then he got to saying, well, I think it's jailbreaking. Jailbreaking's legal and and not unlocking. And then I just quickly, the question entered my mind what's the difference? Because I have no clue. You know, I've always kind of used those two, almost like, right. you know, swapped them out and I don't unlock or jailbreak my phone. Um, and so I didn't I didn't really have a response there when we we started talking about that. I didn't know what to say. Uh, so I thought, Mark, I might be able to ask you that question and you might be able to describe the difference.
0: Sure. Ep- episode 123, where I tongue in cheek titled it, I'm a felon, uh, I made some fun about the fact that uh, the new the new decision. It's not really a new law. It was just a new decision uh, about unlocking phones. And I, and I got a lot of response, by the way, uh, from um, the internet. You know, when you're wrong, the internet lets you know. Even right. even if you mean to be wrong, even if it's a joke. Um, but yes, there is a distinct difference between uh, rooting or jailbreaking. Uh, you know, jailbreaking is is. Uh, the I, I world and rooting is is the Android world. Uh, same same word for this for uh, two different words for the same process. That's uh, you know, getting access to the full um capacity of the operating system, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, unlocking and speci- specifically what the decision uh from the Librarian of Congress was about is the um transferring of the phone from one carrier to another the 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 chips are hard-coded to only work on a certain uh, cell carrier and you can you can break that uh, in fact if you if you are have exceeded the contract on your phone if you had a two-year contract and you're you're in your two months and one day or two years and one month whatever uh, you can actually call the phone company and and demand an unlock code and it's a uh, it's one of those you know pound star pound pound one three four nine whatever codes you can enter your phone and that will make it available on any carrier sort of so there's gsm and there's cdma so uh, cdma is sprint and um um t-mobile that's a that's a different technology and gsm is at&t and um What's the other one? The Verizon. Actually, yeah, no, it's Sprint, Verizon, or CDMA. AT and T and T-Mobile are GSM, and then you know, in the uh, Rogers in Canada is uh, is GSM. Anyway, um, so you can't make your phone work with a different kind of antenna. Uh, so if uh, any phone with a SIM card is a GSM phone, uh, but if you're like with Verizon, for example, there's no SIM card. You you have to call them up and read a number off the back of the phone, and they activate it for you. So that's what the unlocking that the Librarian of Congress was talking about. I chose to um, blow the whole thing out of proportion just to make a point and say that, you know, they're, uh, the, the ruling is about um, gaining access to equipment you purchased, frankly, and that's the way I look at it. Um, so that's the difference between unlocking and rooting. Did that make sense? that
1: did that did thank you yeah i kind of uh really you know how you described jailbreaking that's kind of how i always thought the whole deal was um and it makes sense to me now because i'd never really have had a need to unlock a phone um there have been a few times where i thought maybe i might want to do something that would require me to jailbreak a phone um but yeah i uh you know, it, it really caught me off guard because I was like, "I, you know, I really don't know the difference. And it was one of those simple questions that
0: you're like, oh, yeah, I know. no, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, most people aren't interested in unlocking a phone. It's just not something people do. Right. They, they have a carrier. They chose their carrier for a reason. Uh, It's because they have the best signal in the area or because they have the best prices and they're not likely to jump from one to another. So unlocking is, you know, is not in the lexicon of most people. Uh, whereas, whereas geeks like to root or jailbreak because they like to have the full capacity of their hardware. And right. uh, so, under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, both of those are illegal. But the Librarian of Congress made an exception for rooting and a temporary exception for unlocking. The temporary exception for unlocking expired, and that's what prompted. Show one twenty three. Okay, okay.
1: So jailbreaking still okay right now? Is that
0: it? Is it is exempted from the law? It's it's illegal. The law says you can't do it, but the librarian of Congress has the ability to um, sort of by fiat say we we're not going to prosecute certain laws. So still, by the letter of the law, it's uh, it's illegal but the the Librarian of Congress has given it a pass. And why the Librarian of Congress has the ability to do that, I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Well, in related news...
0: See, that's why, by the way, that's why I didn't go into that in that show, because that is convoluted and ridiculous and doesn't make any sense, and it was just more fun to go charge ahead and and act like the the commies are coming.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, and I you know i just sort of had to claim ignorance there cuz i really didn't know all of the finer right. details of it all so that's why i figured i'd bring it up
0: the 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 primary goal of the shows on the Opie network are to entertain that's our that's the, that's the first thing we want to do education and an inspiration come second to that so that was a case where i chose to not educate in honor in in uh deference to entertaining and and i caught some flag about that but that's okay i'm used to that <laughs>
1: so uh so all of this has prompted mark yet another white house petition
0: you know i'm so glad that obama set up that petition site because so many things have been changed so many laws have been overturned so many things have been acted governments have been changed Uh, it's really been an amazingly beneficial thing for the last several years thank you obama administration for for really meaningful change
1: yeah, what it meant was we're going to give you a website to post stuff to. That's pretty much it.
0: <laughs> and if a hundred thousand people click like, we'll promise to write a letter.
1: We'll give you a nice, politically framed response that basically says we're really not going to do anything. Yeah, I love it. Well, we have another one of those now, and it, it is regarding this whole unlocking cell phones. Uh, so there's a, a wait, wait. Petition- before we go
0: there, before we go there, can I can I uh-huh. say my conspiracy theory? Oh, yes. My my right-wing kook conspiracy theory. Okay. In order to vote on a petition, you have to sign in with your Twitter or Facebook credentials. Obama is known for being um, really savvy with using social media in marketing, uh, in, in campaigning. I don't think those two things are um, separate. I think perhaps the entire purpose of the petition site was to gather uh, valid Twitter and Facebook accounts that he can uh, campaign to later
1: <laughs> yeah so he's building his own marketing list is that it uh, yes <laughs> yeah well and you can also uh, you can go on to that whitehouse.gov site and sign up with a, a email address as well uh so you know when remember when these petitions to secede were going around yes uh, i made that point to several people who didn't know any better and i was like you know I can go I uh, have a hosting account. I can go and create a hundred email addresses if I want and sign up and create a hundred different accounts and sign the petition a hundred times if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming, uh, I didn't know the Facebook Twitter, uh, part, but, uh, yeah, I guess there's a possibility that I maybe could even do that with multiple accounts. I, you know,
0: well, yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't take any effort to set up a Facebook account, uh, account, certainly not a Twitter account.
1: Right. Right. Well, anyway, the petition uh, was started January 24th. Uh, It has 111,000 signatures now. So uh, if you want to keep an eye on it and see what the White House response to this is, uh, you certainly can do so uh, at Um, petitions.whitehouse.gov.
0: Wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. I keep interrupting you. I just (laughs) went back to the site. The the Facebook and Twitter is the option to, to promote your petition, to tweet it. The the sign in is specifically email. So I I was incorrect in my assessment there.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So my, with my hosting account and the 10,000 free email addresses they give me or whatever it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just a botnet that spits out hotmail addresses, you know, wouldn't be hard.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I promise to
0: let you continue now.
1: Well, they're, they're just, it's just that, that there will be a response, a, a response is forthcoming. So, uh, uh I'll be curious to see what it is. I'm pretty sure that it's going to spout out a bunch of stuff about, well, these are the laws of the land, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's about it. And, you know, yeah. somehow how it doesn't fall under the administration's right. realm anyway. Uh,
0: as, as of the time of this recording, there are 111,304, quote, signatures to this petition. Um, in fact, I'll go ahead and and read the petition. It's short. As of January 26, consumers will no longer be able to unlock their phones for use on a different network without carrier permission and even uh, after their contract has expired. Consumers will be forced to pay exorbitant roaming fees to make calls while traveling abroad. It reduces customer choice, excuse me, consumer choice, and decreases the resale value of devices that consumers have paid for in full. I don't get that. The librarian noted that carriers are offering more unlocked phones at present, present, but the great majority of the phones sold are still locked. We ask the White House. We ask that the White House ask the librarian of Congress to rescind this decision, and failing that, champion a bill that makes unlocking permanently legal. I have nothing to say about that. No comment on that. Um, Well, I I, I do. I don't want to be part of a government that passes laws regulating business based on the whim of 100,000 people. That's what I'm going to say about that.
1: (laughs) I'm just wondering if the the, uh, White House will come back and the response will be, Uh, Like you suggested, we asked the Librarian of Congress, and he said no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That would be the awesomest response ever.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's funny, because you read through some of those, and some of the uh, some of those that are uh, the petitions that are kind of already tongue-in-cheek anyway, they get a likewise tongue-in-cheek response from the White House, which I did kind of find entertaining, so that was kind of fun.
0: I could just see, you know, uh, called up Bob, told him what you said, he said, I'll pass on it, Obama. Right, right.
1: Bob said, I didn't vote for you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: So let's talk about some tech news, shall we? I, I wanted to get started with the uh, the newest. There are two bits of news uh, just this week from, from the Googles. And as we are self-admitted Google fanboys, uh, it's time yep. to talk about that. Uh, they have said that they're going to offer are uh, going to start o- opening brick-and-mortar stores. Google stores, a la Apple Store and a la Windows Store, Microsoft Stores. I don't I don't get that. I mean, Google has not had a reputation of being stellar in the area of customer service anyway. I mean, I, right. I've had two Nexus phones for which I had to contact Google for support. And I'm sorry, support.py just didn't handle it so i mean what what is that store experience going to be like you walk in and there's a bunch of chromebooks sitting out to uh loaded up a support.pi website and you walk up and you, you you google you search for your query and it sends you to uh you know a useless resource page with a with a vote on it that says did this help um right that's the google experience actually um one of my favorite webcomics, com- web The Joy of Tech, uh, had a take on this, and this man and woman walked up to a Google store, and a guy wearing the the Google Glass um, headset thing walked up to him and said, uh, Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. Uh, we knew you were coming based on your previous search queries and uh, based on the fact that you use Google Maps. We were pretty sure when you'd get here. Uh, we've uh, searched your uh, search profile uh, and have come up with the the items that we think you're most likely to purchase. Uh, they're here in this bag, and your uh, Google uh, account has already been debited for it. Thank you for coming. <laughs> that's efficiency. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and in the comic, the woman is like, what the heck just happened? And the guy's like, this is awesome. And that's kind of what it would be. Some people would be like, awesome, great, uh, moving on, you know. Um,
1: so that, that makes me think of now we can, we can a play like the adult version of hide and seek, right? Because you go to the Microsoft store to hide because nobody's there and nobody will go there to look <laughs> for you. And then you go to the Google store to, to search.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to, you know, um, mimic the Apple store and then the genius bar, they're going to have like the geek lounge over there. And then, and, and you go over and a guy is rude to you and tells you that you should have read the manual, um, right? is that is that how that's going to work? And I made the comment on uh, L, uh, Everyday Linux uh, just last night that they only sell like four products. There's the Chromebooks and the, the Google Nexus tablets and the Nexus phones, and, and they don't really sell much. Uh, but right. my friend Seth pointed out, neither does Apple. They only have about four products, and they manage to have people in their stores all the time, too. So I guess it could that, work out.
1: That's true. That's true. Huh. Well, maybe maybe you'll just you'll walk in there, there'll be a bunch of Chromebooks hook, hooked up and uh they'll all go to let me google that for
0: you. <laughs> 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 and so while we're on the subject of Chromebooks, there's the new Chromebook Pixel that's been announced. Um let me give you the uh the the super short review of it. It cost more than a MacBook Air. But doesn't have a real OS on it, and it's ugly. So there That's what I have to say about the new Chromebook Pixel. It's uh, like fourteen hundred dollars, has a thirteen inch, very high resolution. Just oh, by the way, it's a touch screen. So that's that's a bonus. I don't understand why anybody would buy that as opposed to buying, say, a MacBook Air and running Chrome on it. What's the what's the benefit to the consumer of shucking out $1,400 for a Chromebook? That The whole point of Chromebook was that they were so cheap as to be almost disposable. Like, the expensive Chromebook was $400. The cheap one was 200 So, you know, the idea is you don't have a real operating system. You do everything in the cloud. You don't have to worry about storage. You don't have to worry about... You don't need a fancy processor uh, because you're uh, doing everything in the cloud. Well, this new device has i think it's an i5 processor if i remember correctly uh, so it's got a a fast processor and and a good amount of ram and a fancy touch screen with a super high res display for something that still doesn't have an operating system i don't understand it <laughs> right all that horsepower no hay i guess right <laughs> right all hat no cattle and that <laughs> right <laughs> so i uh, i heard somebody say uh on Another podcast that this is the Chromebook for the executive who, um, who is, who's dumb, you know, technologically, um, uh, incompetent. And the IT guy can give him this and he won't be able to screw it up, but he won't look like a doink with all the other executives because he'll have an expensive aluminum laptop like they all do. Sure.
1: Sounds good. Is that how we age out the the existing executives?
0: Uh, apparently. You just, yeah. here's, here's your shiny Chromebook. Go, go play. You can't hurt it.
1: It's like giving grandma and grandpa the phone with the gigantic buttons. It doesn't really <laughs> do anything. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, makes sense, I guess.
0: <laughs> so those are two plays recently where Google's done something and I just don't get it. But you know what? They, they do that all the time. They've d- done all sorts of stuff that th- they, they have the luxury being a behemoth company. They, don't, they can fail many, many times, and it's not going to matter. They can throw something out the, up against the wall and see what sticks, and if it doesn't, you know, we just call it Google Wave and move on.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but didn't a lot of what uh, is now, I guess, Google Plus kind of come out of the Wave project?
0: Um, yeah, and some of the Google Docs stuff came out of it too, so you know, they can do that. I think the Google Glass, you know, is either going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be a total flop, or it's going to hit a very small niche market. I don't think there's any, I don't think it'll ever be a mass market product. That's, you know, February 25th, 2013, that's my prediction. It's not okay. going to be a mass market product. Not now, not in five years, not in 20 years. It's just okay. not going to be.
1: I'm kind of leaning the other direction, but I, I did think that uh, I don't. It'll just be really interesting. Obviously, at the price tag, because I keep seeing fifteen hundred dollars mentioned. Yeah, that's uh, for the
0: developer model.
1: Yeah, that's that's going to be uh, something that's obviously not accessible to the masses. Um, but, you know, like with all of the technologies, that that price tag eventually comes down. But, yeah, I'm kind of curious, too, because as cool as I think it is and how badly I want one, uh I, I'm thinking, you know, there's also probably an equal chance that I get one. And I'm like, yeah, that was cool. And then I, you know, maybe wear them for a week or something. And, you know whether it has that stickiness you know if it's something that's truly going to integrate in your life and that you're going to want to deal with because you know i don't know if in my peripheral vision i want all my text messages popping up and bugging the heck out of me and you know um at least with a cell phone you if you want to ignore it you can throw it in your pocket and turn the you know turn the ringer off and silence it you know right uh or
0: you're sitting you're having a conversation someone and with someone in the middle that's That's what happens, because they they just got an email, and they stopped to read it.
1: Right. So we're taking rudeness to a new level?
0: Right. Um, Yeah, I don't want to live in that world. I've seen seen a lot of people compare the Google Glass to the Segway, and I think that's an apt comparison. It solved a problem nobody had, and it did so in a very expensive way. (laughs) Well,
1: if you're a mall cop...
0: Yeah, but, you know... (laughs) The Segway serves a purpose, absolutely. It's slightly faster than walking, and it's a lot easier than walking, uh, but so is a bicycle. And it's a right. heck of a lot cheaper. You can go get a Huffy for 100 bucks at Walmart, you know, or you can get a Segway for $5,000. It solved a problem that nobody had.
1: <laughs> I still want one.
0: Me too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I guess that's the beauty of being a geek.
0: So while we're on the topic of new projects, let's talk about the Galaxy S4 that doesn't exist yet, and this is all rumor. Yeah, yeah, but you know
1: it's coming, I mean, uh, and that's just natural, uh, but they do have, I mean, a unveiling uh, scheduled for March 14th in New York. Or is that rumor too? Mark, is that? Did you read something I didn't read? No, it just. That-
0: any t- we do this all the time. This is like the iPhone. Uh, the iPhone five was supposed to be, you know, include a blender and a toaster and a Swiss Army knife, and what you got right. was an extra row of icons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a hard time because yeah, what I saw listed, and this was actually on a couple of uh, different reputable sites quote unquote uh is that uh some of the specs on this are just mind-boggling to me (laughs) an eight core processor with a separate eight core graphics processor Yeah, you got
0: 16 cores in your pocket
1: right and i mean if if that ends up being the case i mean wow that's cool um, uh, a five inch, 4.99 inch, uh, super ammo display, two gigs of Ram, Yeah, <laughs> two gigs of Ram in the phone. I mean, we were just like happy that we got two gigs in our desktop computers, at the high yeah. school. But know? these are
0: faster than your computers at the high school. Right. They're eight core processors. Now they're arm processors, so they're not terribly efficient, but, uh, still eight cores, 13 megapixel rear camera. 2-megapixel front-facing camera. 13 megapixels produces an image of about, if I quick math, 9 megabytes per image.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Try texting that to your mom. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all cool. I knew, you know, I got the S3 just uh, last year. And I knew it was going to happen. I knew the S4 was coming this year. I mean, you know, that's just the nature of the game now, right? And you buy the S4 this year and they'll have an S5 next year. Uh, so just is what it is. But I'm still, you know, anxious to see it. I'm, you know.
0: My concern is battery life. When you're f- powering 16 cores on a battery that's like two inches by three inches. Mm -hmm. and that (laughs) how long is that going to last? my my poor phone on a good day if i'm not doing much with it lasts about 12 hours but if i want to actually use my phone we're talking more like six hours um and it's got a dual core processor in it right so we're we're talking eight times the processing power in this phone
1: yeah and i kind of i get the same uh roughly out of the s3 depending on use um most days I get through the day. I get home and I need to. Um, it's there. It's it's saying you know charge me. Right. Um, but if I use it heavily through the day, yeah, I might get through half the day. It just depends on what the use is. But uh, yeah, this and you you see, there's no mention of battery on.
0: Yeah, on instead it. of instead of a, a micro USB charger, it's going to be a 240 volt dryer plug. That's uh, You know, you have to plug in and the lights dim for a little bit while it's charging. You hear as the generator kicks in.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So that's uh, that's something I think we're still going to be, you know, bemoaning is, uh, you know, how these phones die so quickly.
0: Super capacitors. We need super capacitors. Go listen to the latest episode of Sound and Fury. Super (laughs) capacitors.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, it's cool. Uh, I thought it was interesting. They mentioned that uh, Samsung has a security software called Knox uh, that they are, uh, I guess, rumored to be uh, including in this uh, S four or yeah S four release. Um, it's supposed that,
0: to have some of the dual personality that the new BlackBerry OS is supposed to have, right? Um, but in a yeah. le- in a in a less uh generic way the way i understand it it's just it's like two two os's sort of crammed into one and you can run one at a time uh whereas my understanding of the blackberry is they're both there all at the same time
1: okay okay well i think it's interesting that uh and it makes sense samsung you know kind of making a move toward the corporate market as well um but, I, you know, I don't think – iPhone is probably the closest that has really had success on both sides, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah. Well, oh, there's an interesting uh, thing here that you put in the notes. Samsung said the Knox-enabled device is ready to work in a government agency, including the Defense Department. Well, then it must disable the camera because at most uh, corporate environments and, and certainly government environments, they don't want you to carry a camera phone in, and that's one of the things that uh, – blackberry was renowned for was the fact that the it department could turn off the camera this is a 13 megapixel camera um and you're going to put that in the defense department i don't see that
1: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure they won't be carrying around the uh, s4s all
0: right and uh moving on reed hastings of netflix says what every ceo has ever said competition is good for us when Voodoo does well, we do well. When Amazon Prime does well, we do well. Everybody says that, and nobody believes it right, right. <laughs> well,
1: I think you know that's all more of a political move, right? So what he's talking about when he says that is how since there's you know there's more of these providers uh, really jumping headlong into this uh, streaming media uh, industry, I guess. That the actual media producers, you know, Hollywood and everybody else, are starting to loosen up a little bit on, you know, uh, making their their product available, uh, you know, through streaming. So he's kind of making that point. Uh, but yeah, I, I have to agree with you, Mark. At the same time, he's he he's got it in the back of his mind, be going, I wish they would all die.
0: Right. He he gave that interview saying, "We wish Hulu well." And then he hung up, and he went back to his board of directors and said, bury them! (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Either that or he's like, I hope they do just well enough so that we don't have to worry about any antitrust, you know, uh, anti-competition lawsuits. Just enough. Yeah, just enough. Yeah. We'll keep them under our feet, but not squash them. (laughs) (laughs) So...
0: And and in a battle of numbers that never ceases, um, depending on how you skew the numbers, Android now s- owns the U.S. smartphone market. They've owned the world market for a long time, counting China and India and Europe. But now they've finally taken over from iOS, maybe.
1: Yeah, by like a fraction of a percentage point. And I do think it's interesting if you if It's you read- less
0: than the margin of error.
1: Right. And not only that, but it's like the trailing three months ending in December, but the trailing three months ending in November were, you know, so it's like this ever sliding three month window, you know, that uh, so as much as I uh, am an iPhone basher and love Android, uh, and I certainly wanted to get this included in the show notes. uh, Yeah, I think it's only fair to say that, uh, yeah, these numbers are skewed to report this right
0: and, and and they're looking they're comparing high-end smartphones uh, in this report they're comparing the iphone to the uh s the the galaxy s3 which are the two you know, right now leading high-end phones uh, but there are tons of phones out there that are that are the cheap phones that are people st- people are still buying the cheap phones um and and, and so it's like you compare apple that makes essentially two products right now in the smartphone they still have you can still buy the the 4s and you can buy the five so they've got two concurrent products and you've got android um with you know htc and samsung and all those guys selling hundreds of products and if you add up the hundreds and add up the two and skew the numbers just right android wins
1: right i still think that's you know that's something that I don't know, maybe a couple of years from now, I don't think it'll be close. That's my prediction.
0: I, I think my prediction is that in a couple of years, nobody will care. These stories won't get any traction. Fo- smartphones are becoming commodities now. They used to be um, status symbols. I've got an iPhone. You know, mm-hmm. oh yeah, well, I've got a Galaxy S3. Now it's just like, who doesn't have a smartphone? Move on. And so that's, I think that's where it's going to be. In two years, it's not going to be Android or iOS. It's just going to be, who cares? They're, they're generic. It's brand X.
1: Mm Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that or not. I think maybe some of that is just human nature. Like we have to have something, right? I mean, even us, right? It's
0: fun to iPhone bash. Well, you know, but I'm not talking about us, right? We're not the power demographic anymore. We're old, Sean. uh, Um, That's true you know we're 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 the we still spend a, a lot of money but it's it's a uh, the kids who are younger than us and our kids coming up you know my yeah, oldest even the
1: money we spend it's not our right. decision it's our kids what right. what they want
0: my oldest is 10 now so we're talking 3 years out 13 years old she's going to pick a smartphone and she's going to tell me what she wants for her birthday and it's not gonna be me comparing battery and, and specs and processors and this one has a slightly better camera. Uh but this one over here has has better storage. She's gonna be, I want the pink one, Daddy. <laughs> right. So that's why I say in three years it's not gonna matter.
1: <laughs> we have all kinds of predictions
0: tonight. Oh yeah, I uh I'm full of predictions. I can I can spit off stuff left and right as long as nobody holds me to it later. <laughs>
1: Right. I mean none of this is being recorded anyway, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, Pluto has been downgraded to a planet. So this not but this non-planet still has moons. And right. and there's a there's a a weird competition where you get to vote for the name of some of the moons. And and Bill Shatner has has been pushing hard to name one of the moons vulcan
1: yes and that wasn't even okay so uh (laughs) shows how well i read these articles i don't think it was nasa (laughs) what was i'm not even sure what the body was SETI. Okay, was it SETI? Okay, so they put out a list of 11 names, and uh, so you had to, basically, they put them out there on a website, and you could vote between these 11 names, and the top two were going, because there's actually two new moons, as they call them right now, P4 and P5. And these two uh, relatively newly discovered moons, uh, you could get on the site and vote amongst those 11 names, and the top two would be the names. Well, uh, yeah, Shatner uh, jumped in there and wanted to throw Vulcan into the mix, which wasn't one of the original 11. And uh, they went ahead and added it because they had certain naming uh, rules. It had to come out of Greek or Roman mythology. Um, uh, Let's see, I think that was it. It just had to come out of uh, Greek or Roman mythology. And since Vulcan originally meant the Roman god of fire and smoke. Who
0: was also the nephew of Pluto.
1: Right. So Vulcan actually worked by the rules that they had set forth, so they went ahead and included it. Well, it won by a landslide. Um, Final tally for Vulcan was 174,062 votes. Uh, Cerberus, which was the second one, uh, came in a distant second at 99,432. So, yeah. That, that that goes right to our show title. That's uh, the moon. There will be a Plutonian. Is, would Plutonian be the right? Yes. I guess Plutonian moon called Vulcan.
0: But what I would like to point out is that the sum total of all those votes are roughly one-tenth of the same amount of people who watched American Idol last week.
1: <laughs> so so are you saying that the Trekkies have... have lost ground
0: i'm saying that uh this is a small sample size to say the least (laughs)
1: that's even a small sample size for trekkies right Right. i mean because that's what the the article wanted to you know uh give trekkies you know all of the glory for naming these moons but that's that's just a small number yeah
0: shatner has over a million uh google plus uh followers and over a million twitter followers so you know he couldn't even mobilize half of his audience right that's a, a quarter of his audience actually did the vote so um <laughs> the, the thing is admit it now cerberus and vulcan are both better than p4 and p5 oh uh, right?
1: yes yes i agree i agree yeah i think i thought it was cool i'm i'm all for it uh but okay so that that gets me to thinking what happens when this guy dies i mean is it going to be like a you know, are we going to have like this week long thing? It we, will.
0: It'll be a national week of mourning.
1: Yeah, I I, I kind of think it might. I, I it's certainly. I mean, when you think about how media is so tech heavy now, uh, you know, so much of it happens online and everything else. So it's already kind of geek heavy, and I'm right. just thinking the media is just going to be overwhelmed by, uh, you know, the the Shatner week. Or, it'll it'll
0: be bigger than when Michael Jackson died.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and here's this will be interesting. This will be for historians to figure out because it's going to be another fifteen to twenty years. But it'll be interesting to to see the reaction when Kirk dies, the reaction when Picard dies, and the mm-hmm. reaction when Spock dies. I think I think Spock wins. You think so? I think Spock wins. But then there's the whole Kirk versus Picard battle. Which is better? They're even going to take that to their death. Okay. Okay.
1: You think they put him in that little box thing and shoot him off into space?
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, the torpedo bay. Yeah. Find a terraforming planet to land him on.
1: Uh, okay, we're having way too much fun tonight. <laughs> All right. So, Mark, I I just heard about this, uh, and I'm thinking surely the word's been out on the street longer than you know, I'm always like the last to the party. So, Mobile World Congress is going on this week. I mean, it started today, um, February 25th. I think it goes through like the 28th. So, it's, it's not all that long. But uh, apparently, a, a company called ZTE is releasing the ZTE Open Phone, and it's got a, it's essentially a Firefox uh, operating system, for lack of a better word. Cause to me, it sounded like it was kind of like Firefox Web OS.
0: Yeah, it's the the Firefox phone, um, and if I remember correctly, you're right. It's it's sort of uh, different open source components from from WebOS, from originally from HP, or actually originally from Palm, and then heavily branded with Firefox, heavily HTML5. Um, it's it's been sort of a, a a rumor floating around the internet for a while, but this is the first I've heard of any hardware running it. And even this is just an announcement of something that should come sometime in 2013.
1: Well, yeah. So remember the uh, the specs I I threw out there uh, that might be on the Galaxy S4. Uh, these specs. This are, one toasts
0: it in every category. <laughs>
1: right. Massive 3.5 inch HVGA display. 256 megs of RAM. I mean. Pfft. You don't have a phone with at least five hundred megs of RAM. You just might as well not even try, right, Mark? <laughs> this reminds me of all these conversations we we used to have, okay. where we, you know, we'd laugh at you know at the thought of having a you know I don't one hundred twenty eight megs of RAM or whatever yeah. you know. <laughs> uh,
0: I remember years ago in college having a conversation with a friend of mine. He had just gotten a new computer, and I, I, can't, I don't remember the, the context of the conversation, but I, I remember I can see his face where he was talking about his new computer. He said, I've got 100 megs of hard drive space. I am never going to fill up 100 megs of hard drive. I've just been saving everything on it just because why not? 100 megs. I will never use 100 megs of hard drive space yeah yeah this was 1992 or three so that was that was huge i mean he was he bought a top of the line i think it was 66 megahertz processor i mean it was a big deal <laughs> only ran him fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> no no it was more like three thousand. <laughs> oh yeah wow
1: wow well you know uh i i it seemed to me and you know correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like they're kind of almost going like the Ubuntu route route where it's like, this is the smartphone for the poor third world kind of.
0: Well, actually they're going more the, the Chrome route because it's designed to like the original, by the way, iPhone OS, it Mm. doesn't run apps. It runs websites, web apps. Now, originally Apple said nobody would need, um, I'm sorry, there was a bug crawling up my leg. So if you're watching the video and you're wondering what I was freaking out about, that's what that was. Um, the, the Apple said nobody needs apps on the phone. You run web apps, and you run them, you know, in uh, whatever the language was at the time. That's the model that uh, WebOS tried to follow. You run web apps, hence the name WebOS. And this is Mozilla's Firefox OS. It's, it's designed to run HTML5 web apps a la the Chromebook. That's why the specs are so uh, pitiful. You don't need much when the cloud does all your work for you.
1: Right, right. Yeah. uh, You know, that all makes sense to me, but do do you think now is really the time? Do you think we've really progressed that far that that's achievable and that people are still, you know, are going to migrate that direction? Because I just don't think we're there yet. Not with bandwidth caps. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. Well, uh, you're not gonna see any of these anytime soon. Uh they are uh, I thought I put it in the Mid twenty
0: thirteen, it says.
1: Yeah, and not only that, but uh well, not in the United States. So they're gonna be like in Brazil and
0: Right. Spain, you know. Venezuela, Colombia.
1: Right. So you know, something to keep an eye on. I'd I'd love to see one just to kind of have an idea of uh how it operates and uh everything, but uh i guess news that's not so much news
0: yeah it's interesting it's that's it's taking the the road less traveled you know it yeah. definitely is it's let's put out a meager phone with meager specs that runs web apps um in an in a, a fully supported language the web is is clearly going h t m l five you know uh flash is dead so people have said for three years now all of whom mm-hmm. still have flash on their computers at home um and you know that's the way the web is going. So they're making a play for the future. And I get, that. and certainly the 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 underdeveloped market, they're going to be able to crank this thing out uh, very cheap. Um, but again, it's all about infrastructure. And uh, you know, if you're talking about these underdeveloped countries, are they going to have the the mobile infrastructure? Uh, are they going to have the unlimited data necessary? Because if everything you do runs on the web, all the time, hundred percent of the time, you're using your data plan. You know, yeah. when, I'm, when I'm playing Temple Run on my phone, I'm not sucking down any data at all. Um, I can do that in airplane mode, you know, but right. with, with the Firefox phone, there is no airplane mode. You turn it off. I mean, you turn off the the, the radio, you turn off the phone, and you can't do anything. <laughs> You're all searching right. for a transition, and I'm not going to bail you out. I'm just going to make you do yeah.
1: it. Yeah, okay. Uh, so that made me think of driving my car. <laughs> You know, I am not even close to the transition master. So
0: speaking yeah. of bandwidth and having it always available, what if your car had access to a mobile network and could use that as a Wi-Fi hotspot? Wouldn't that be cool?
1: Man, Mark, that would be cool. That would be cool. You know, and I, I just happen to have an article that that talks all about that. <laughs> You read my mind. Yeah, uh, so AT&T and GM are teaming up to bring you 4G cars. These are going to come out uh, apparently in 2014, sometime. You know, 2014 was as specific as they were going to get. But... uh, you know i don't think it's any big surprise we kind of have seen that this is the direction that the automobile manufacturers are moving you know the the interfaces that they're putting into new cars now and everything else uh, are becoming more and more robust uh, but you know i'm i'm kind of thinking like how's that going to work i guess do you buy a bundle from ATT? they like to bundle everything else so now it's like well now you get your your uh you know your cable, you know your television package, plus your cell phone, plus your car. Now,
0: well, right? GM already has a track record of doing this with OnStar, so they already know how to do this. OnStar, you could make cell phone calls from OnStar. It could transmit data. It was, it had a mobile platform. So they're just leveraging that uh, infrastructure that they've already built. And the way OnStar works is you pay uh, like um, a monthly service. You, you pay right? a service fee to GM themselves. So that's, they're probably going to be buying raw bandwidth from AT&T on the 4G network, and then you will pay General Motors. Uh, you know, you can, you'll buy an option package that includes a year of it when you get your car, and then you can renew it every year. Um, and it's not going to be cheap, and it's probably going to be capped.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, just another way to... Uh Bend us over, get more money out of our pockets, and not give us nearly what we really paid for.
0: Yeah. But 4G, AT&T's LTE is blazing fast if you're in an area that has it. And in fact, at my house right now, my cell phone is faster than my cable internet. And my cable internet's dang fast. Yeah. Um, So this model, if they can make it affordable, say I'm paying... hundred-ish a month, it's it's not quite that much, but let's just, to make the math easy, it's $100 a month for my internet. Let's say for this uh, uh, 4G Wi-Fi hotspot in your car, you pay $100 a month. Now your car is your router. As long as it's parked in yeah. the garage, you've got internet. And right. when you take it with you, you know, you've got internet with you. Um, and there's probably going to be some sort of package deal if you have two cars uh, with it. So I could see this this working really well. Um for the one car uh uh the single dwelling um um infrastructure. You know, in an apartment where you got a hundred cars parked three hundred feet away, that's not gonna work very well. But in a in a single family dwelling where you've got your garage or your driveway right out front and nobody's more than a hundred feet away, um, then I think it could be great.
1: Yeah, very cool. I look forward to seeing it. All right, Mark, that's the end of my stories for the week. But I do have a tip of the week this week.
0: And this one's pretty cool. And it ties in with the moon story. Because the The Vulcans would mind meld.
1: (laughs) All right, yeah, you got me there. I was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, I didn't see that. Uh, Yeah, so the tip of the week is meldium. Allah Vulcan mine milled, and what this I I, I'm really I'm a little disappointed that LastPass didn't come up with this, Um, but it's a shared password manager. So essentially, what it allows you to do is, as an administrator, you can go in and you can set up all of these. You know, you've got all these web services and all these different things uh, that you need to have passwords for uh, for your organization. And basically, you can take these things and set them into groups, and you can set different users, so you can manage users and manage them into groups, and give them access to certain groups of passwords, um, or you know pull those uh, those rights back. Uh, you know, let's say you let somebody go or whatever. Uh, it's
0: Active Directory for the web.
1: Yeah, and and the end user doesn't really know any of the login credentials for those services. All they know is their login credentials to get in, and then there's uh, basically an interface, and you can use that to access whatever it is you you want to access. So they don't ever know your master password or whatever. Um, that all seems really cool to me because I'm like, yes, we need something like that. But I can't get past the fact that I still have to give all my master passwords and entrust them to
0: some company
1: that I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. How do you re- do? You reconcile that one, Mark, or do you just?
0: Well, it depends on how they do it. The LastPass way, um, you know, they encrypt your local machine, be it your phone or your your laptop or whatever, uh, encrypts the data and sends them encrypted blobs, uh, and then they just fill it in. Maybe that's the way this does it. Maybe they're connecting by, like, OAuth, for example, that uses shared keys, um, and you send them an encrypted shared key that represents your passwords. I'd have to check out, you know, their technology of how they do it. But it could certainly be done in a in a, a fashion where you don't have to trust the company.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, and you know, you can go check it out. It's Meldium M-E-L-D-I-U-M dot com. Uh, if you're interested, you wanna check this out, uh, you know, definitely worth taking a look at. I could even see like you could use this in your family, right? If you <laughs> wanted to you know, give your kids access to the Netflix account, but don't this, want them to, to log in. This is what
0: happens to me all the time. My kids have tablets with Netflix on it. My wife's phone has Netflix on it. Our DVD player has Netflix, and at least three times a week, I get a message from one of them going, "What's the Netflix password?" And I have to tell them because you know these these things forget the passwords from time to time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that's a great thing. Up to five users, so my family of five could use it um, for free, and if you need a little more. Uh, You can do uh, twenty users and twenty apps for thirty dollars a month, Uh, but yeah, I could see this this could being tight, waterproofed. I I, again, I'd have to check out the technology of how they're doing it and how they're keeping it secure.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was my only question. I'm just worried about uh, obviously if I'm going to use it on everything that I have on my network. uh, You know, I've listened to enough Steve Gibson to know that that's uh, you know maybe not the greatest idea. So. Uh, yeah, same thing, you know, just a cursory review of their website doesn't give a whole lot of detailed information on the security, but, um, you know, poking a little further might be able to, might be able to find it out. Um, so check it out if you're interested. Uh, it sounds like a wonderful idea that actually is long overdue.
0: Meldium.com. Mind meld with your apps. If you've got some, uh, as you can see, we've sort of transitioned to being the news of the week show. This is kind of how it happened. If you've got a topic that you'd like us to talk about other than the news of the week, or if you've got some news you'd like to share with us, you can make either of those things known over at elementop.com. Fill out the Contact Us page, and uh, that will send us an email. Or you can email me directly, Mark at Element Opie, or Sean, Sean at Element Opie. It's been a while since we had to give a disclaimer email for one of us being offensive. Uh you could also find us on Google Plus. We have a community there or uh Facebook uh or Twitter. I think that covers it. So just just type in element and Opie in the search engine of choice and you will find us. Absolutely. And by the way, if I ever buy a Honda Element, its name will be Opie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you name your cars? Is that I would name that one. The Honda Element Opie? Yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Do you still have the uh, the license plate?
0: Well, yeah. Why Why would I change my license plate? I'm I right.
1: just, you know, I hadn't heard you talk about it. I figured people would be stopping you on the street, you know. But I, yeah, in, yeah.
0: Here in Atlanta, uh, custom license plates are very common, far more so than I've ever seen uh, back in the Dallas area in Texas. Uh, I'd say every third or fourth car has a custom license plate. Uh, It's very common. And um, so mine doesn't really stand. But I have had a couple of people ask me, what does that mean? And I just hand them a business card. And and that's how I do it. Nice, nice. By the way, in case you missed that on a previous show, my Georgia license plate number is I am Opie.
1: (laughs) See, I'm just picturing you get like the the strangest looks, like people driving by you and looking over at you like, he's not Opie. Yeah. (laughs) Because Opie is one person to, like, everybody in the right. United States,
0: right? Well, no, to now, uh, most recently, he was a character on uh, Sons of Anarchy, a big, bad biker dude. So huh? that actually makes a little more sense than the little redheaded kid from Mayberry. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm, I'm going to start a comp- I need somebody to help me. Anybody out there who's into marketing um, or knows somebody who is, I want to start a campaign where where we use like the hashtag i am op i've got the website com. i want i want to start a viral marketing campaign where you know like the like um uh burger king did in the in the late 80s the i'm not fred or, or no i'm not herb or mm-hmm. i'm not the herb you're looking for you remember that one i want right. to do something along because it's simple it's a simple hashtag it's a simple website i I want to get people you know sending me like quick video clips of, you know, tightwad things that they've done with the tag, I am Opie, right? You know, this is my um, solar distillery so that I don't have to pay for a hot water heater. I am Opie. Um, <laughs> I, I run a, a network of 1, on a thousand computers on a budget of $100 a year and vo- all volunteer staff. I am Opie. I, I just think that could be cool. Uh, I, I, I'm just not creative enough to make it happen.
1: That's good. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one of those things could take on a life of its own. Right. Uh, and then it's uh, OP is synonymous with, with being a Right. And that's
0: that's why I bought the domain com like three years ago. I've been sitting on it trying to figure out something cool to do with it.
1: I like it. I like it.
0: So I need some help out there. I need uh, maybe the way I'll do it is, is some sort of giveaway. You know, I'll buy a Galaxy S4 and give it away to the best i am op tweet or something uh, like that. Yeah.
1: That's usually the way you can get uh you can get people on board with something like that. Yeah. But maybe I, to keep within the spirit of it it's got to be like a old, you know, twice hand, handed down flip phone.
0: It'll be <laughs> it'll be a Firefox phone.
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'd do it just cuz I want to see the dang thing. Right.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we have listeners in South America you know i i would send you the money you buy one you send it to me and uh that'll be our our prize the the firefox phone
1: right right i like it all right mark that's all i got it's been uh it's been another great show
0: why thank you for the compliment and having received the blessing of pope sean paul there's nothing more to say but this is mark signing off
1: and sean signing off